Global Ethics Day, held on the 20th of October this year, is an annual movement to empower ethics through the actions of individuals and organizations. Global Ethics Day provides an opportunity to explore the meaning of ethics in daily life and for communities around the world to come together to identify and address the most critical issues facing society, from global pandemics, attacks on democracy, the refugee crises, racial injustice, climate change, and so much more. I'm very, very excited to be chatting to Zelda Kruger today via Zoom. And the reason I'm excited is Zelda was one of my original supervisors who taught me how to think. So after more than 30 years of social work experience, Zelda continues to be intrigued by the people and how best to maintain emotional wellness. Zelda has a special interest in promoting ethics, awareness and management. Her curiosity about how people make choices about ethics and morality to justify their actions motivated her to study ethics. Zelda has learned and continues to acquire tools that can be used to deal with ethics issues and other dilemmas. Welcome, Zelda. Thank you very much, Luke. What is ethics, Zelda? So ethics, I would really like to demystify the whole idea of ethics because when you hear the word ethics, sometimes you think, oh my gosh, what have I done wrong? Or, you know, what should I shape up on? And that's not what ethics is about at all. Ethics is about everyday thinking about how we should live our lives. It gives us some norms and standards um, of what would be good ways of living. And there are different models that we can maybe talk a bit about, uh, about a bit later. But really, ethics is about how we should live our lives on an everyday basis. It's practical. It is relevant to what we do every day. Um, and we practice ethics actually all the time. We start teaching our children about ethics when they're very little, when we say, you shouldn't do this, this is right, this, that's wrong. We're teaching them values because ethics is based on values and principles of what is better or what is worse, what is what consequences we should better live with than others. And it's also very much um, a way of thinking about how we should be with each other, that we should respect each other, that we should live together in a way that's good, not only for the individual, for but in relationships as well as larger society. So to answer your question, look, ethics is really about everyday living together with each other how we should live our lives on a daily basis. It has relationship components. It has components about the world and how we should treat the, the earth um, and how our character, values and virtues and qualities that we should try and practice every day. So that's what ethics is about. And how does that differ from moral theory? So moral theory, if you think about philosophy, uh, philosophy is a wide a field of study with lots of different streams in it. And we could say that ethics is like one of those streams where we talk about morality under the whole umbrella or the big umbrella of philosophy. And morality, for purposes of our discussion, we could almost use the words interchangeably. So when we talk about moral behavior in, in the context that we are discussing this morning, it is really about what is ethical, what is the right thing to do, what should we do, what norms and standards are, are available for us to check what is the right and wrong things um, that we are coming across. 
So for purpose of, of our discussion, I would suggest that we almost use them interchangeably. That may not be academically, you know, if there are academics listening to what we are saying, they might disagree with that. But I think in everyday practice, we almost use the words interchangeably. So Zelda, what we said earlier was that um, it just sparks an interest in a conversation, the actual day, Global Ethics Day. But Ethics yes. Day is really every day and it's how we choose to live our our lives every single day and our interactions with one another and what you said earlier our interaction indeed with the earth how do we navigate when someone's ethics are so vastly different from our own so as an example and it's a very very simplistic example for me littering is a really big problem um it it i think it's disrespectful not only to the earth but to others and someone is ultimately going to have to pick up that piece of paper and yet people just just litter so how do we navigate people who are so different from ourselves without being necessarily in your face and 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 fighting and and causing um aggressive behavior mm. Thank you, Corinne. I think my understanding of, of how to navigate that kind of territory is that I'll, I'll say a couple of things and then pick up on one in particular, is that when we think about people's ethics that are different or people's behave, you know, other people behave differently from us and we think that they are behaving wrongly, we are we sometimes can just react by saying, well, actually, they don't have ethics or they, they don't have morals. Um, which in some cases we could maybe say, okay, let's look at that a bit more closely. But in everyday life, we could more or less say that most people would have an ethical framework from which they operate. That comes from their childhood, the way that they were raised by their parents and by the community or their caretakers and their communities that they come from. Society also has a particular kind of ethics approach, like a in since we've become a democracy, our ethics approach, you could say, is a human rights one. Um, in a, you know, that's the umbrella under which we operate. Um, so, so the ethics uh, when when you come across somebody, and this happens a lot, you know, we'd say, well, actually, that person, I don't understand why they're behaving that way, or we judge their behaviour. What it says to us is that when that sense comes comes up, like something is wrong here. We know that we are in ethics territory. When we are questioning people's behavior, we know that we are in ethics territory. And especially when we think that we know better, that our, our way of understanding what they are doing, you know, that we can't condone that, then we know that we're in ethics territory. So my suggestion is that we use that as a cue, but then we slow it down and we try and understand where other people are coming from. Because behavior, in the same way as we, I'm a social worker by training, so in the same way as we understand behavior as meaning something, we could say, you know, and trying to understand that meaning in trying to be helpful to people or to support them in their journeys, we could use behavior that, that grates us as an indication that there's something underlying here, and that's when we try and understand the ethics better. So if a person litters, the first thing is to say, well, you know, let's try and understand where this person, you know, what motivates their behavior. Do they not understand the consequences, which is one model of looking at ethics? If, we, it's, if you like, we can say it's like putting up different lenses. So 
we could say from through a consequentialist approach or looking at consequences, does this person not understand that when they uh, litter, that there are consequences to the earth and to other people and in you know to to the world at large? We could also say what kind of a person litters. So that takes us to a diff to put on on a different. Um, lens by saying what kind of a person does this and in ethics language we could we would sometimes say well there's a character flaw here there's a there's a vice instead of a virtue um, so when you think about character ethics it's about thinking who do I want to be in this world I want to be an honest person I want to have integrity I want to um, be doing what is right by myself and others, even if nobody's looking. So it's not just about consequences. It's also about who I am as a person, how I see myself and how others experience me. We could also look at ethics if, in trying to understand more about that person's behavior, the, the littering behavior. We could say, well, what is my duty? That's another lens that we put up, uh, put on when we try and understand ethics. Um, so what is my duty as a as a citizen? You know, if we don't litter. Why don't we don't litter? And there could be lots of reasons. Um, so what is my duty? Is it my duty to address this person? Is it my duty not to address them? So we have positive duties of things that we that we should do, and and other duties that we shouldn't do uh, to take care that we don't cause harm. Um, so that's another way of understanding ethics is to look at what that person's duty is, what my duty is about what he's doing or she's doing, as well as my duty towards them. We could also say if we put on a different lens um, and take an ethics look at behavior, we could say, well, what has value? What you know, why is it important not to litter? Um, what what is the value? What you know, what value does hold not to litter? And we could take it through that lens and try and understand the person's behavior. We could also look at human rights. You know, is this person violating a right or not a right? Is, is that a frame of mind, a frame of understanding ethics that's useful? So, so when we look at that person's behavior, um, in terms of tools, Luke mentioned the word tools earlier, Karen, or maybe you mentioned it, is that what's important is for us to know that when we work in the ethics field or try and uh, look at things ethically is not to just react because our reaction is really just the beginning of it. Our reaction is like a flag that goes up to say, well, I'm thinking this person is behaving wrongly and that says to me that there's, I'm going into ethics territory. So there's a language like right and wrong, better, worse, shouldn't, should, I ought to do this or I shouldn't do that. All of that indicates ethics thinking. So to slow it down and say, let's not be condemnatory towards that person in our judgment. We judge the behavior as wrong, but let's look at why. Let's look, because, you know, often we say don't ask the why question. But in ethics, we want to ask the right question. We want to understand the thinking. Is it about consequences? Is the person not considering that? How does he see his duty? What is my duty? How do they see what has value? Is there something about human rights that are at play here? 
So there are different lenses that we can put up on to try and understand the why of, of ethics behavior. So Karen, can I just check? Does that answer? It's a long answer, but is it, is. it I think more or less address what you're asking? So I think it, it was a very simplistic question, and yet it has now given me so much more insight in, into actually what ethics is. So thank you very much. It most certainly did. Thanks, Zelda. Yeah. So Zelda, just to, to pull out two of those, and you know, uh, please excuse my sort of uh, lack of the correct terms sometimes, but if you, if you look at two of the sort of prevailing ethical sort of philosophical departure points, you've got something like uh, utilitarianism, which looks at the betterment of society as whole, and then you've got more of a sort of Kantian philosophy where we're looking at moral autonomy, where it's really about finding your own way and not sort of necessarily listening to the injunctions of society or laws when those laws are unjust. If we look at a practical application of the the difference between kind of moral autonomy and the fact that we are autonomous individuals and needing to work in the sort of the greater good and the greater happiness of society as a whole, can you give us an example from your current work in the NPO sector that might illustrate the, the how we balance the needs of a broader society with individual autonomy? Right. So, an example. Mm. Um, let me start talking and then I'll, I'll try and think of an example that's, um, that answers both of those. Sure. So, when we think about Kantian ethics in general terms and in sort of layman's terms, what, what we are thinking, what we, the, the approach what we can really apply from it is to say, because one of his, one of the Kantian ethics main um, points of departure is, is what I'm doing, can that be generalized as a rule? So let me, let me use an example. So during COVID time, um, some staff were, you know, it was difficult to go back to work because of fears. You know, if I go back to work, this was just after the first lockdown. If I go back to work now, um, my fear wants me actually to stay at home and work from home and not go back into the office space because of fear. Mm. So let's, for example, just use an example that if a staff member then decides, okay, I'm going to rather say that I'm sick. I'm not coming to work because it's safer for me that way. So from a Kantian perspective, we could say, well, is that a rule? that can be generalized. So if I'm fearful, instead of addressing the fear, I'm actually coming up with a with what some people would say a white lie or a convenient lie. Mm -hmm. Can you know is that a rule that we can generalize? Can we say that okay if you're in a situation like this we can just lie and that we can make that a rule. And that's the issue also with corruption in organizations or in yeah in, in society is that it's not a rule on which society can be based, because it's it, it will inevitably implode. Um, so we can't say if you want something, be corrupt and then get what you want, because it's not sustainable. It's not right. It can't, um, you know, it can't be generalized as a rule. The Kantian ethics also help us to understand, well, if I'm doing this, am I being a good, what they call corporate citizen? 
you know, if I behave in this way, is this helpful to other people? If I lie about staying at home and not wanting to go to work, or the reason that I'm getting is, is a lie, how does that impact other people? And maybe here we can link it up with, with the utilitarianism or the, the, you know, what is in the good of everybody? What is the, what is in the interest of everybody? So my behavior, we're not living on islands all by ourselves and we can just do what we want. Because what we want, either positively or, or um, in, a, in a way that's not constructive, has impact on others. So the example about not going back to work. So if you use a lie not to go back to work um, because you're fearful, you're not addressing the fear, but you're using a reason that's not truthful, um, that has consequences. I mean, that's all happening inside of me if I'm the person, the staff member. But the consequence is for others is that it's not in the interest of my team uh, members. Because if if I do this, then somebody's got to take my shift or, you know, my work's not going to get done. Funding proposals, there'll be difficulties saying these are the numbers because I'm not doing my work if, I'm, if that's a consistent pattern. So... So look, I'm not sure if that answers it, but can you see how the how using different ways of looking at ethics does help us to say, okay, what is my duty? What is what is what can this, is this a rule that can be generalized? If I say no, then you know, then it's probably it's not okay for others. Um, and what are the consequences? What is in the best interest of everybody? If I were to do this. What are the consequences for others and for me um, as part of that mix? Now, I think it Does answered, that answer? No, I think it answers very nicely because, you know, often we get this, this tension between the autonomy and agency of an individual and what is in the greater good. And, you know, I think your example of how those two things can be held in tension is really how we can think I, I can still have agency and autonomy while at the same time being a person who considers the well-being of others. Look, can I, as you're saying that, can I give a quick example yeah, of, of that? Because as you were talking about that, I just, you know, we, I just, I was thinking about the vaccine hesitancy debate. That's exactly what I was going to ask, Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that is an excellent example of, I have the autonomy to decide I'm not going to be vaccinated or I am going to be vaccinated which I'm considering my own interest. But the issue with the vaccinations is that it is also public interest. So my choice can be my choice, and I have a right for that to be respected and for people not to question me about that because I have autonomy in that sense. In, in, in our South African society, which is a human rights society, um, I can make that call. I can decide. So I can... I can exercise my sense of agency and my autonomy, but it is of public interest. And that's often where the, the ethics tension comes about, is that my choices will impact my colleagues, my clients, um, you know, society in general. Um, and society also has rights, if you like, to say, well, we have to protect the public space and what's in the greater good of everybody. So actually the vaccine example is is a better example than what I used earlier because it so clearly brings into light these tensions. 
and I think tensions is a good word because um, I have had my vaccine for what it's worth. Um, but people who disagree with me tend to be really, really, really angry. So if you want uh, almost a Trump-like fight on Facebook, all you need to do is mention the vaccine and you'll have so many anti-vaxxers jumping on and not respecting the views of the people who have chosen to vaccinate. So it's it's quite an interesting one in as much as we are respectful of people having agency of themselves. We've got to looking, uh, we've got to look at trying to kickstart everything, kickstart the economy and look after our health and all sorts of things. Why, why the anger do you think? Um, there is, is such, it's so polarizing that it's, it's sometimes not a dinner party conversation. If you are able to have a dinner party in these days, um, around whether or not you've been vaccinated, almost like something that you're a little bit afraid to ask. Yes. So when we talk about ethics, we can expect emotional reactions, obviously of varying intensity. Um, But emotion, when, like, even a simple example, um, if you drive, if if you're on the road and somebody behaves badly on the road, um, you know, often people will say, well, it just makes me so angry. But why does it make you angry? Because it violates your rights. It violates your the premium you put on safety, um, it's disrespectful. You know, one could look at it from various angles. So the anger, when we when we are talking about ethics issues, there are often very strong emotions. And the vaccine debate really taps into very strong emotions um, because people think that they are right and others are wrong. Now, one of the disciplines of talking about ethics is to be willing to change your mind. Um, not that you have to, but the willingness to listen to the to other perspectives is one of the tools in the ethics uh, debate that you, that you need to be able to see things from other people's point of view, even though it's hard. Because sometimes in the different opinion, you'd learn something about your own opinion that you are more convinced of or less convinced of. So when we talk about tension, it's exactly what ethics often would would evoke, is that tension. And we, my personal view is that we should not shy away from that. We should engage with it in a respectful way to listen, to have the discipline to say, okay, I, I don't agree with you, but I need to understand. I would like to understand where you're coming from. So we could make a judgment about what is right or wrong, but not condemn other people because of their difference of opinion, which sometimes takes a huge amount of of, uh, self-discipline. So just to summarize that thought, I think that the why question is important. We could expect emotions, and emotions to me, when we talk about ethics, is like a flag to say, we're going to ethics territory, let's take a step back and try and understand the points of view, different points of view, to open myself up to say, I do think I'm right, but maybe, you know, I could change my mind. And let me allow that possibility and open myself up to the wisdom of other opinions. And then I can make a decision about my own standpoint. Um, So I think that's, you know, when we talk about ethics tools, that's part of it. And definitely to expect attention and emotion because we believe we're right. It's a values thing. Mm. You know, we think that this is the way it should go. And that's why we feel so strongly about it. 
Thanks, Ald. I think as as a final thought, I just wanted to introduce a little bit of a sort of more Southern theory thing and sort of the idea of Ubuntu as an ethics. I'm sure you follow yes. Prof. Metz's work and you know some very interesting things around yes. the idea of communality. Now, the the thing that is topical, and sorry to throw this in at the end of a conversation, but like these uh, DA posters in um, in the KZN about, you know, heroes versus racists versus vigilantes versus whatever. You know, it, it, it appears that political parties have the ability to sort of take selective perspectives. So in other words, and you, you spoke in the, the thing about not judging and taking perspective, but that some people use that perspective taking to do and say things that are quite polarizing and quite judgmental rather than using um, the ability to take a perspective as a way to unite. So how do we apply the idea of communality when people are afraid, where there's violence, where there's poverty, where there's... How do we have a sense of community, uh, communality ethically? Mm. That's a, there's, there are many different layers, I think, to that question, Luke. So for now, I think what I'll say is that Ubuntu is definitely an ethics approach, which talks about, when we talk about ethics approaches, you would find approaches that are more community-minded. So the, the interest of the group trumps the, the interest of the individual. Not that the individual is losing its sense of autonomy, but the, the sense of group and what is in the interest of the group is really important. Um, and we find that in the Ubuntu way of thinking, which is beautiful. We also find it in many of the Eastern cultures. Um, uh, so so the, the sense of community. So the question about how to work towards community is I think that we have to be disciplined in how we use our words. We have to think through, if we use this label, where will it land for other people? Because remember, it's an emotional issue. There's, there's a past to this. So sometimes the headlines of these posters are very, and I'm not talking about a particular poster, I'm just talking about posters in general. It's meant to catch your attention. It's meant to evoke a reaction. But I think the discipline of putting, you know, coming up with those words is we have to think through where this will land. Mm. Um, so if we go into it with a, with a, um, with a heart of war rather than a heart of peace and community, then, you know, that's probably what we're going to get. So we have to really, I think, examine ourselves and and think, construct these things carefully. Um, so that's a short answer to a, a complex <laughs> question so with many, very diff so many different layers. Um, so yeah. it's like an onion, Luke and his onion um, analogy that yes. he always uses. There's, there's so many layers. And, and as we said with the conversation we had earlier, um, 25 minutes is really not enough, but it certainly is thought-provoking. And Zelda, I'd just like to thank you ever so much for walking your talk, um, because you walk your talk every day. And I think it's because you hold yourself to account. So, so thank you for being that person. Thank you. That's very nice feedback. Thank you, Gar. And also Appreciate. from my side, Zelda, it's always an honor and a pleasure talking to you. And it's just always amazing how you think. And thanks for helping other people think of it. Thank you so much, Luke. Thanks for the invitation, Karen and Luke. And, and I hope that on Global Ethics Day on the 20th of October, um, that 
lots of us will just have lots of ethics conversations like we should be doing every day. So thank you for the opportunity to talk about ethics. Brilliant. Thanks, Alden.